What's happening, everybody? It's Jesse Ziegler, and who are you? I'm Quinn Cody. And we're here after Stage 8 for the Climb Dakar Rally Daily Show. Um, a little more shake-up today. We've got some updates from some injured racers. we got um, some quotes coming in. we got a lot to talk about for the race ahead because it's getting spicy out there. Yeah, it's we're starting to have the kind of the finish the last day of the rally in our sights. So people you're able to kind of look towards some strategy to the to the last few days and possibly see someone on top of the podium. This is my favorite time of the race because I get to make very inaccurate predictions about what's gonna happen, which I'm good at. Yeah. It's you're really you're really good at inaccuracy it's coming where you're just like this guy's gonna win and quinn just shakes his head at me in disgust across the table <laughs> before we get into that let's shout out to our sponsor rally navigator for presenting the show today as you yes. heard in our jimmy lewis interview on rest day if you haven't go listen to our rest day show it's the only thing he uses to build road books for training these fools out in the desert that's right like jimmy I- jimmy uses it it you know, must be very durable. A caveman could use it really because he could pound on it with his short stubby fingers <laughs> in his dungeon of a, who knows what he's got. I mean, going I don't even there. know if they have Wi-Fi and perump or like internet access. So <laughs> no. how he's getting it done, I'm not sure, but we he's, don't know he's how he using it. it out there in perump. So yeah. Jimmy's um, not a sponsor of the show, by the way, it sounds like he is, but he's not, he's too cheap. Yeah, definitely. But seriously, something. rally navigator. It's that's all I use for all of my roadbook needs and also yeah. route planning, navigation, dual sport, adventure rides. It's cool. All Play of with the it. Uh, KTM adventure rider rally tracks and things like that that I've done over the last few years have really been done with Rally Navigator. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's reliable. important application on my, uh, on my computer. Yeah, it's reliable. It's easy to use. It's dependable. It's uh, durable. It's a lot like me. Yeah, I mean, I'm here every I mean, day. You are here every day. That's the only thing it's not like is I have a terrible sense of direction, and it can tell you where to go, and I'm not good at that. I will get lost. <laughs> Jesse gets lost in our own neighborhood when we're going bicycle rides. Wait, where? Which way? Turn. Oh, so I remember that's why I is. talk about ra- rally, and I don't race it. We had uh, a gas gas revival today after a terrible gas gas day yesterday that saw daniel sanders wiped out of the race by road furniture as they call it in bicycle racing language he uh t-boned a u-turn curb going about 120k and uh slid across the road and bounced around but we got a quote from him so we're gonna play a little daniel sanders update from the hospital in saudi arabia so hang tight morning everyone Just a little update at the hospital. I'm all in good hands and safe, healthy-ish. I had a crash yesterday on the road section going to the stage. Unfortunately, it was really dark in the morning and uh, on the highway freeway, there was two lanes on the left. That was the the faster lane normally. And they turned into like a U-turn and there was a big curb. So um, I was just about to pass a car and then, and then saw this uh, coming up at me at 120 k's an hour and then slammed the front brakes on and uh, that just immediately dropped the front end and I slid across the, um, the road, ran probably 110 and then collided with this, uh, this 
curb that was, I don't know, maybe a foot off the ground or something. And I'll um, put up the photos of the crime scene later. But yeah, really, really lucky to be alive. Thankfully, the team were right behind me and um, some riders that stopped. Um, I've, uh, I've broken my elbow in two bits or there's a few other little bits floating around. Fractured my wrist down the bottom, just the radius, so it's not too bad. Uh, damaged my kidneys a fair bit, so yeah, she's not not in too good shape at the moment, but we'll be good soon. Hopefully get the surgery done today on the elbow and I'll be back in the bivouac at the camp and helping the boys out and giving them some motivation. It's been a rough Dakar. Um, I just want to thank everyone who's been involved in getting me here. It's been a long eight months away from home, training, dedicating everything to this race. Really disappointed to um, end out ended out this way but this is uh this is the rally life you never know what you're gonna get each day and uh you have to focus 24 7 when you when you're out there uh so yeah i'll be back for sure next year recover up hopefully not too long and um yeah we'll be back at it uh we'll keep you updated but yeah i'm in good hands and thankfully uh you know the team's got a good doctor with us that travels for the whole race so He'll help with the surgery today and um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, everyone's been really supportive. So thanks all, just give you all an update of what's been happening and uh, we'll be back soon in full swing. And I'm not high on drugs either, all right? I'm pretty, pretty calm. Peace out. <laughs> Yeesh, that sounds very rough. Yeah, that sounds super painful. And God, I mean, just hitting the ground on the liaison stage, and you know, you're not paying a whole lot of attention. And that's that's the thing that can get you is you're you let your guard down. It's not like you're in the special where you're really aware and alert and ready. You're just you're passing just a car on the highway. And, yeah, and I mean, on a anybody who's ever grabbed a handful of front brake on the street. Yeah. Without ABS knows that you're, you're going down. It goes down yeah, quick. There's yeah. no there's no way that first bite, the initial bite on a especially on an off road bike, is gonna put you on the ground. Plus you probably had I don't know if he had a full tank of gas when he leaves the liaison, but probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of bike hitting the dirt or not the dirt, hitting the pavement and sliding across and bouncing around. You can check out his Instagram page. He has uh pictures, sort of a little video and pictures of the curb that used to be there before he hit it. Yeah, it looked like, I mean, he it turned, like it, he into, he turned first, it into cobble. Yeah. It kind of looks like he isn't the first person to do that. <laughs> it kind of looks uh, like there's a couple more dings in that curb. Yeah, you know, you marks. see that. You see some uh, traffic furniture in different places on, on the road where people just go straight through it. And, yeah. You know, it's, it's probably something that's happened before, and I imagine didn't look like there was many signs there to, to warn him. So No, just hiding. Super big bummer. I mean, we we love watching Sanders, and yeah. you know, he's... Uh, such a talent so hopefully he recovers gets back and yeah, we'll start talking about the next race yep he's tenacious that's for sure um so we mentioned recovery from gas gas after yesterday's sort of tragedy but uh sam sunderland climbed at the top of the stage today he had a favorable starting position uh which helped through a pretty tricky navigation stage but um he put a lot of time early on everybody and climbed at the top he started 27th today but yep. uh, by the first checkpoint, he was in the lead on you know virtual time and kept it there all day. Didn't make any mistakes. Of course, he had minimal chances to make mistakes because there was a pretty good burned-in track in front of him. But still, he's got to still got to go fast. And yeah. with traffic yeah. or dust and all that stuff in the way. 
Well, yeah, he, Sam, he had a, he had a rough day yesterday. Admittedly, he struggled with navigation. He had a hard time leading out. So today, at least he had a little bit of like a reset where he could, he could ride through the back. And I think the first, you know, 150, 200 K were nearly all sand dunes. Yeah. So he's very comfortable in the dunes and he, you know, was able to just kind of ride from the back and sounds like the guys in front did a good job of, of opening the track. So he was, he was able to not have to worry too much about navigation that first, that first 200 K. And and once you're in a, once you're in a rhythm and you've got a good, you've got a good momentum going, then he's, you know, he's going to lead it all the way through. Yeah. It was really good performance from him. We got a quote from him uh, coming in here about the, day and you know sort of a little update on his racing action so here's sam sunderland on the gas gas yeah um looks like we've uh, changed the region and a lot of different terrains today has been uh, mostly sandy and then uh, a lot of really difficult navigation between the canyons and not easy to choose the right canyon you know because you take the wrong canyon you end up after three four hundred meters to be going the wrong way so yeah, you really had to take your time and um, choose really carefully and check the cap and the distance. Um, the guys that was opening did a really good job and honestly I gave my all all day and um, tried to recuperate some time. Um, I had a few crashes in the dunes this morning where I was perhaps riding a little bit too 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 much but um, yeah, settled down after the refueling and uh, got a, a good rhythm, so happy for that. Yeah, looks like the race is... Um, is really close this year and uh, it's cool for everybody at home watching uh, difficult for us as riders a little bit like a emotional roller coaster but anyway you have to take the be happy with the good times and uh, try to take care when you had a rough day like yesterday i feel so down because i had quite a rough day and just trying to stay motivated and and you know um, just keep banging the hammer and uh, still some long days to come i'm sure all days coming will be really stressful, uh, especially tomorrow uh, with opening the track. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Um, with the glory of winning, you have the punishment the next day to open the stage. But it's the same for anybody. And uh, in the same time, if you want to win the race, you need to win some stages, I guess. That's the that's the quote of the day right there. If you want to win the rally, you got to win some stages. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of have no choice, and he, yep. he's going to probably take a little bit of a penalty tomorrow. And so far, he's been, you know, he's hasn't had the best time opening the stage. So hopefully, you know, he regains some confidence today. And again, he's got he's got the lead in the general classification. So it's good to see he's been really consistent this rally. So if he can manage his time loss tomorrow, then you know, I think he's. He's on a good rhythm looking towards the, the final day of the rally. Yeah, it's where we start looking ahead to look at that final, final time check at the last stage that's timed at the rally. But before we get there, let's go down the stage um, finishers today. Pablo Quintanilla, the Monster Energy Honda, he finished second. He's a couple minutes behind Sam today, which is, which is good. Um, Quintanilla actually started in 12th, so not, not a bad day for him, that's for sure. Yeah, kind of a mid mid-pack starting position so you know he he rode really good and again Pablo's really good in the sand dunes and so I think it got him off to a pretty good start and he was comfortable and you know maybe some other guys made a few errors towards the end of the stage that might have helped him out a little bit but it's yeah. good to see him up there yeah it's good to have a Honda up there uh third place on the day is Matthias Wagner from the Red Bull KTM factory racing team uh, he had another rough day yesterday 
uh, along with Sam. He started in 23rd today, but he used that to his advantage, made up some time, got in third place today. Yeah, and and he was able to, you know, really kind of limit his time loss, I think, to to Sunderland and, you know, make up a little bit of time on Van Beveren in the in the general. So, yep. you know, he ended up about four minutes behind Sunderland on the day. Yeah. It's really close. Yep. Really close. Um Ricky, American Ricky, got fourth today after a seventh place start. So he, in my mind, had probably the right of the day if you look at starting position to finish. So he didn't have as much of an advantage with, you know, navigators in front of him. And he still had to do a lot of that on his own probably, or confirm on his own. And he had to go fast to catch people too. So coming out and fourth on the day after a seventh place start position, I think is probably his best ride of the rally. Yeah. I I think that's for sure the, the best performance of the day, as far as when you look at, uh, you know, start finish to, or start position to finish position. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think that the guys that were opening did a did a better job, and they didn't have any real big snags where mm. everyone grouped up, and then you know all of a sudden the, the seventh place guy has to lead out. Yeah, and that's true. If that happens early in the stage, then everyone behind them starts making time and a lot of time. Yeah. So if the if the guys that are leading out are able to stay in front and know everybody doesn't smash up together, mm-hmm. then he's able to minimize his time loss. So, and it sounded like uh, Cornejo pretty much led out the entire stage today. Yeah. So from being, you know, first rider off to leading the entire stage again, we, we saw that from him last year. Mm-hmm. It's very impressive to be able to ride at that, that speed and navigate. Yeah. Without losing a ton of time, like Nacho finished 15th today. And if you compare that to yesterday with Sam and Wagner, they, they dropped down in the, you know, the, the mid twenties on their effort leading. So Nacho's proven time and time again, he can have speed and navigate. He's going to lose some time, but not catastrophic amounts of time. It seems like that. So uh, Ricky uh, in fourth there. And then we got American one, two Mason Klein finished fifth today. Uh, another great ride by the young American starting in 13th on the morning. So yeah. he put in some time. Looks like he and Ricky both lost a little bit of time in the middle of the stage, maybe, you know, confirming a waypoint or, taking the wrong route and turning around or something, but really a strong ride by Mason Klein again yeah, to be in the top five in the stage at that car. Yeah. Again, very, very impressive. And it, it, it proves that it's not just kind of a, a fluke, a one-time yeah. thing, you know, he's consistently running up there with the top guys and, yeah. you know, clearly he's very well prepared and, you know, we're going to, hopefully we're going to get a quote here from, from Mason. I've been working on, uh, yeah, getting a hold of him in the bivouac. It's a it's a little difficult, especially with all the chaos that's going on for those guys. But uh, we're yeah, gonna try to bug him. Speaking of speaking of cat, yeah, hang tight. We'll get a quote from Mason as soon as we can. Um, we got a report from Johnny about how far the transfer section was for the teams today, and that'll be part of the chaos that we talk about. They had a seven hundred and fifty kilometer drive to do today to get to the next camp. So as we kind of wait to get these guys. Uh, communicating with us, there's a lot of chaos in the pits today, I'm sure. Setting up, tearing down, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the, these days are difficult for the riders. Or, well, not, I mean, yeah, they're difficult yeah. for the riders every day, but <laughs> every day, they're yeah. difficult for the crew because right. the crew has to get up at three o'clock in the morning and start tearing things down. Build a city and take down a city. Every and day. 
they get on the road and they drive all day. So 750 kilometers. So we're, we're talking, you know, 400 and some mile drive. So they're, they're on the road for eight hours and they get to the, they get to the second, the next bivouac and then they have to set everything up. So they got to set up the tent. They got to, you know, get everything ready for the riders when they come in. And the idea the teams normally will try to send a truck ahead so that there's something there when the riders arrive, because if the riders arrive before, you know, and it happens sometimes in these, in these Dakars is for sure that the riders arrive and there's no support trucks there. Yeah. And they just hang out until the team gets there. Yeah. Generally the, the big organized teams like KTM and Honda, they have it planned out already months in advance. So they know they're going to have a truck that goes ahead and, reaches the bivouac but for sure it's it's more difficult because things aren't quite as organized on these big days because it takes a lot a lot of effort to move everything from one bivouac you know almost 500 miles down the road to the next bivouac yeah i'm really looking forward to getting uh on the call with uh, maybe we have two people we might try to get in touch with one is tony hall who's one of the engine techs for the ktm factory team he's a uh he's the crew chief for the FMF KTM factory off-road racing team here in the U S. Um, so he's really like, you know, the second in command inside that racing team. And he, um, he got the opportunity to go over to Dakar for the first time to be on the tech team. So he's in, you know, probably doing a lot of things other than just worrying about engines. You know, when you're there, you're kind of all hands on deck. We kind of want to get the inside look from him about what the race is like as far as the tech or the services or the mechanics and all those people's perspective or Eric from the Honda team, you know, Eric Sirotin. He's, yeah. he's a bad dude doing yeah, a lot of work. See, so it might I be wanna... tough getting Eric on the phone, <laughs> maybe maybe after the race. Yeah, he's, we might got, do. he's got a lot of stress and pressure on him being for responsible sure. for, for Ricky Brabeck's bike. Yeah, but really, um, really cool perspective we hope we can get from those guys, uh, at least in the future. Because um, we get a lot of questions like, what do those guys do every day? And we're like, they work every day, all day. <laughs> I don't know when they sleep, and I want to find out. Yeah, I mean, generally, it depends on, on how the, uh, you know, how everything is, but you know, the, the KTM mechanics, for example, are, are really good. And when, when the bike comes in, those guys jump on it and they, they have a checklist and they button the thing up. If there wasn't a crash, then, you know, they're able to tear the thing completely down, service it, slam the thing back together. And, you know, within two hours they're done, the bike's buttoned up, covered. And if one of the guys did have a crash or something and a bike's torn up, then, that mechanic, if he has more work, usually the other guys will finish their bike and then jump over and help him get sure. everything buttoned up. But they like to have everything buttoned up early so they can be done and ready for, you know, the morning and get a little bit of rest and stuff like that. Rest kind of when you can. Yeah, rest when you can, right? Very cool. All right, continuing on here, uh, Toby Price, we've been wanting him to win some stages and get out front. He got sixth today. Yeah, finished finished the day in sixth, and you know really didn't lose it. Didn't lose a ton of time to to Sunderland. He was only about eight and a half minutes back, and uh, started the day in ninth. So yep. he's you know consistent, steady. It doesn't look like he had too much trouble on the stage. Yeah, he ran as high as fifth during the day, and then dropped down at the end of the day, a couple spots. Um, yeah, th- well, back and forth a couple spots, ended up sixth overall. Again, kind of Toby was, he was a victim of that first day problem mm-hmm. where he lost a, a big chunk of time and he's, he's been slowly whittling his way back up. I would say of the guys that got into that mess, he's probably in the best position. Uh, seventh place, Luciano Benavides on the Husqvarna factory bike. He started fourth today and ended up seventh. So he didn't, he didn't 
succumb to too much damage from that early starting position. Um, actually, yep. rode really strong, and he's been pretty quiet all year. All year. All race. Well, it oh. is all year. It's 2022. Happy New Year. Yeah. There we go. Uh, we got Hero Motorsports, Joaquim Rodriguez. Looks like he lost a little bit of time early, a little time in the middle, a little time late, and made some of it back to be in eighth place yeah. today. So it's still, Another still top a ten ride. ride for, for J-Rod, you know. I mean, he's, again, hanging hanging there in the top ten, and it seems like the Hero bike's working pretty well. Uh, I know he had a big crash a few days ago, so he's probably still a little, <laughs> a little sore. And, you know, oh, we yeah. talk about that, that snowball effect when you have an injury and things kind of start going downhill. Yeah, especially sounds like they're getting into some softer sand where the bikes can get stuck a little bit or it's easier to crash than those early days where you were just cruising across wet sand. So yeah, and you're going to be physically demanded much more maybe in the future. For sure. Uh, Adrian Van Beveren, ninth place today, starting in 11th. Really strong ride. Um, he's a really big contender for the overall victory. You know, he dropped some time to Sam. He dropped 10 minutes today, but... Uh, as we'll talk about in the general classifications, he's in a very good spot. Um, yeah, <clears throat> another, I mean, yeah, Adrian, another good ride by him. Yeah, he and he's he's in a good position going into tomorrow's stage. So yeah, I think he has a favorable starting position, minimal minimal time off the lead. So yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to watch that all unfold. Yep, Bereda seems to be recovering from his fractured shoulder injury, collarbone. Not really slowing him down much. He started third today, so he was out front navigating. He's generally, in history, dropped more time than this when he's been out front navigating. Um, but I think Nate, thanks to Nacho being such a strong speed navigator, um, it's kind of cool to watch him stick it out there. Tenth overall after starting third on a pretty challenging stage is a really big success for him. Yeah, I think Beretta was kind of a... a benefactor of nachos navigation so again yep. having having that strong team up around you is is really good and mm -hmm. i think beretta is still in a good position for the overall i mean bestie's been in a long time yeah really mm -hmm. you haven't we haven't seen him be a factor and i thought he was done after the collarbone thing i was like okay here it goes it's going to unravel and yes he's, he's still been able to hang hang up there and limit that damage yeah surprisingly um, and you got to wonder with a, with yeah. a guy like Beretta, like what what would happen if just nothing weird happened? Like he didn't crash, he didn't, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like would he just win the rally by two hours <laughs> if he avoided all those strange yeah. things that keep happening to him at every race? But I, he I would mean, just I win by ever. That's yeah. that's what makes Beretta Beretta. You know, yeah. he he's willing to hang it out and take it to a level that the other guys aren't. And that and, and with that comes yep. you know the problems that come with that for sure. But it could work out really well for him this year. He's on as we'll talk about in the general. He's on the right side of the swing in some ways but really the recovery from that big injury and crash is the story of Bereta and sticking it out for that day not even knowing if he was going to race and just saying I'll, I'll i'll try and it mm -hmm. worked out great he got a big advantage when they canceled the stage uh but hey that's how it works uh we got Svitko in 11th short and 12th today and then we're going to talk about Kevin Kevin Benavides in 13th because as we talk about in the general classification discussion in a minute He's in a really good spot. Um, he started second today, yeah, and finished thirteenth. So it thirteenth doesn't sound like a great finish on the stage, but in Kevin's place, it was a good it was a good day. Yeah, he was able. I mean, starting second and then finishing thirteenth is you know it, it it's respectable considering that you know you don't have a lot of tracks to follow. Uh, but I mean, I think what 
what's really kind of interesting here is that, and we're, we're going to talk more about the general as we go, but you know, mm-hmm. he's less than 15 minutes off the lead. Yeah. And you know, he's starting in a, in a place where he could easily make up 15 minutes tomorrow. Right. I think we might have a quote oh. from Kevin. We can try to, Oh yeah. Let's get Kevin on. Kevin the- had some, he's got some insight and, uh, you know, it's, I think he maybe had a, had a few problems out there today too. So I think that's a good call. That's something that we might, you know, we're going to get him in here. Kevin Benavides stage eight recap. Let's hear from him. Yeah. A really good day for me. I pushed really a lot. Also Nacho Conejo did a really good job. Uh, I had some problem with the, with my fuel pump. So I have to pass fuel from the front to the rear. I stopped, I stopped two times. So I lost like eight minutes more or less, but after they did a, a mistake in the navigation, so I captured here on, at the end. So we pushed together until the, the last kilometers. When you think that the second day you lost 36 minutes? The first day. The first day, excuse, yeah. excuse me. Uh, it was a huge work to come back, no? Yeah, yeah, it was a, a hard work to to recover at that time, to continue pushing, you know, everything is about motivation and attitude. So uh, I think it's, it's good to to have the confidence that everything can happen. So I will try to continue this way. Uh, this, uh, I think these stages are really good. I think uh, I am pushing every day. So I, my strategy now is try, is try to be the fast, but also very careful with the navigation. And now you're back in the contenders to defend your t- title. It's still possible. Yeah, everything is possible, Rally. Everything can happen, so I still believe in that. Uh, interesting to hear about his fuel pump. Yeah. It's the second time we've heard that. The first one was Petrucci, which uh, you told us a couple days ago that he's on the old KTM bike, um, and then Kevin's on the new one. But yep. maybe they use the same fuel pump. This is my conspiracy theory coming out. Well, no, they don't actually mm-hmm. share the same fuel pump. So a uh, whole new whole new design on the new bike. See how I got you to tell me something fuel about pump, the new bike? But, uh, yeah, you know, I <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard anything else from, from any of the other competitors about problems with uh, with fuel pumps. So it's true. It, it could just be a one-off, uh, one-off issue. You know, it's hard to tell exactly what, but... Sure. I generally, if they are having a problem with a, with a part, they usually will change that, rotate that part out pretty regularly. And, you know, he, yeah. What, when know, he talks about moving the fuel, um, to the back or from the back, what does that mean? And how does that work on the bike? Well, basically they have a, they have a valve that can control, um, where the fuel is sits in the bike. So you can run the bike off the rear tank, you can run the bike off the front tank, mm-hmm. and then they have a, a transfer line. So if you have a problem with one fuel tank or the other, you can basically gravity feed the fuel tank, to the other one, the fuel from the front tank to the rear tank. So and each tank ha- turn a, front and rear each has its own pump. That's correct. Oh, gotcha. So you could just be like, Hey, at least my rear pump is working. I'll just yeah. gravity feed it out. But to do that, you got to probably point the bike uphill and yeah, open I mean, the valve. It, and get it the, depends get on the how tank. much fuel is in, yeah, in gotcha. each one and uh, whatever, see, you yeah, know, yeah. but, uh, yeah, you know, they, they know how to do it. They practice this stuff. And sure. So they're, they're already ready because in, in rally, of course, anything can happen. There's always failures. You could puncture a tank. You could start losing fuel from the front tank and, or lose all your fuel from the front tank and have to switch. So it's limp your way around. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 
pretty normal that you know these guys are kind of ready for for fuel issues he thinks he lost around eight minutes doing that and he was only 14 minutes back so yeah. and he was well, in second out of the out of the gate so writers times always skewed when they're <laughs> when they're on the stage when I, you're stressed out two minutes feels like 15 yeah so, right we'll see um, but yeah <laughs> He, he definitely had had an issue, but mm-hmm. I, I think what what I take from that is that he sounded really upbeat and really positive, like his voice, you know, you, mm-hmm. I, I've been around Kevin a bit and you know, when he's not, he's not feeling good. He's yeah. kind of like, he's got that a little, little bit quieter. of, uh, yeah, you know, and his, his English isn't as strong and he's like, uh, but then <laughs> when he, he sounded really upbeat and really positive. So yeah. I think he feels like he's he's in a good position and I think his, his strategy is just starting to play out. Yeah. He benefited from Nacho's strong navigation off the front today. Uh, we got to give a shout out to Nacho who stage winner this year, but also yeah, stage winner yesterday. Yep. 15th today. So good for him. Good result for him. I think, uh, let's get into these rankings, general classification. Cause that's where the race is really living right now. Yep, we're is, finally to the point where I think we can start looking at the general classification as a as a true factor in this thing because we're <laughs> right. we're four stages away from the end. Yeah, and if you start uh, reverse engineering those four stages back and looking at the swing of results and time available for people to gain or time to lose, you can start to see who's in the best position, theoretically avoiding any of the pitfalls that could happen out there to anybody. Yep. Who's in the best position on a strictly race time basis to take the most advantage in the coming days and come out on top? And right. right right now, who does it seem like is in that position? Well, we have so what what we have going on is we have four riders within roughly five minutes of each other. And then At the we top have, of the standings. Exactly. And they're kind of grouped up in the same area as far as um stage finishes mm-hmm. so they all finished near the front today right uh maybe aside from adrian ben ben brevrin right who finished a little further back uh and then we have the two guys that are about 15 minutes back and that's joan beretta and kevin benavides right and they're on a different side of things so they finished further back today right and there's now potential for them to make up big time tomorrow mm-hmm so what I see happening is, is kind of a flip-flop with Sunderland and Wachner on one side and then Joan Beretta and Kevin Benavides on the other side. Mm-hmm. And if you just play that flip-flop day by day, so tomorrow, let's say Benavides and Beretta make up 10 minutes or 15 minutes on Sunderland, yeah. then in Sunderland and Wachner, then the following day, Sunderland and Walkner do the same thing to Beretta and Benavides. Mm-hmm. Arguably a smaller gap every day is more possible depending because it's kind of yeah. tightening up a little bit, but a little bit, but there's yeah. still a couple of difficult stages and I'm sure there's going to be some tricky notes where we can see potential big time losses. So 10, 15, 20 minutes of stage is still very much a possibility for sure. So then you have one more day of real racing to get big time gain. Yep. So that puts the the group of Beretta and Benavides now in the lead, in theory, going into the final stage. Right. Which the final stage generally sixty seven kilometers doesn't have as much time on the table. And usually it's more of a, a ceremonial stage, a parade, and we don't normally see a lot of 
yeah you know position changes on the final stage somebody can go out and hammer but there just isn't the time and the strategy isn't there to really play out so if you just follow the swing with no drama no like you know major failures and big drama and things like that then that would put beretta and benavidez in a better position than sunderland and wachner right and those are the cards also have 15 minutes to make up yeah and those are the cards they're going to have to play to make those 15 minutes yep. up, number one. Um, and Sunderland and Wachner and Quintanilla can't not react to that because then they'll be down, down, down. The only one that's in the middle here, based on his position today, Adrian Van Beveren, because today yep. he finished outside of that Yeah, I think he finished swing. What, 13th today. Right. He finished outside that swing, so he's not leading out tomorrow. Yep, and he's less than five minutes. And he's in that five-minute so he's in that window that's kind of unique in this top standing. And he's at the point almost where he can decide which team to go on because right. he's, he's going to be with those guys tomorrow. Yeah. Racing, or gaining time. Hang out in the middle, let Beretta and Benavides go make the big time mm-hmm. and win and maybe finish third or fourth. Yep. Make them lead out again, lose big time. And then maybe yeah. he can be the one that's more stable as far as time loss and you know, he can latch onto them and be 10 minutes ahead of them the whole step of the way. Yeah. Cause without, he's 10 minutes without right winning now, another stage without winning another stage. So, so he's in a very interesting position. It's going to be cool to watch. And what a success story for Yamaha that would be if he could figure out how to just hang on and get that bike to the finish. They said in the beginning of this race, getting to the finish was their goal. And now yeah. they're in serious contention for the win. Right. Very so. exciting. That's why I love the race. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then guess what's going to happen? Who knows? Torrential none downpour. Of, none of that's going to happen. None of that's going to happen. Yeah. Rain, it's be typhoon. completely turned on its head. Stage tomorrow after tomorrow will be, totally be canceled. Different. There'll be a camel parade. They're going to have to cancel for International Camel Holiday. Yeah. So anyway, I, I guess just going down the general classification so you guys have the, the full picture now that we gave our, uh, give our hands up yeah. theory on <laughs> what could possibly happen in the our next string, four days. String theory of Dakar Rally. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, Sunderland leading overall again. It, I think uh, all the stages. This he's he's led six days after yeah. eight days of racing. Well, nine days if you count the prologue day. But yeah, extremely, out of nine extremely timed things, he's been in the lead six days. So, what a successful race for him! Um, yeah, he's he's in front of Pablo Quintanilla, two fifty three in front of him. Um, not seeing. Oh, that's the same stage. results as you. There, Sorry, uh, <laughs> we'll reset that. So Matthias Wagner. <laughs> yeah, sorry. He's three minutes and 45 seconds in front of Matthias Wagner. Yes, he is. Then there's Adrian Van Beveren. He is in third overall in those classifications inside five minutes, 4.43 behind. Yep. And Great spot. Then Pablo Quintanilla, Monster Energy Honda. He's five minutes and 30 seconds off the lead. Yep, followed by teammate John, Ber- John Bereda. He's... Uh, He's in that 15 section. Yeah, 14 minutes, 38 seconds. So he's kind of on the other side of the... We're jumping to the other side of the swing now Mm -hmm. with with Beretta. So about 14 minutes back, 15 minutes back. Yep, same with Kevin Benavides, Red Bull KTM Factory Racing. He's 14.47. Yeah, just nine seconds behind Beretta. Those guys are right on. And like we heard, I think he he was lost 36 minutes on that first stage. So yeah. Really, I think the best of the guys that lost time there on that first day, he's he's been able to recover better than anyone. Right. Uh, sure goes Luciano Santolino. 
He's in seventh place. And this is where we get the next sort of swing of people in the 20 minute gap out. He's 21 minutes out. Uh, Stefan Svitko is in eighth. He's 26 minutes out, 26.50, so almost 27 minutes out. Awesome, awesome, consistent ride by Svitko. This is his 13th Dakar. Wow. So pretty impressive. <laughs> Very cool ride by the Slovak. And ninth place, Toby Price. Toby Price in ninth. He's clawing back. He lost a little more time than Kevin did, I think, on that uh, first day. Yeah, but, so 32 uh, minutes off the lead for, for Toby and. He, you know, he hasn't been able to make a major time gain or a major move. He he started he started to with his with his stage win on, I believe that was stage four or five. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the penalty cost him about six minutes. He lost the stage win there. Yep. So that that kind of hampered his his momentum. Um, and then in tenth, tenth place. We got our top American. Top American at the moment, Mason Klein. Mason Klein. And we actually just got a little quote from Mason, so maybe we can. Uh, nice. Let's hear from Mason about his stage eight finish and how his day's shaking out. Hey guys, today stage eight uh, went super good for me. Starting twelfth, I guess, because Ron or Ross Branch wasn't able to start the day. Uh, woke up just so much pain i guess um anyways starting around 12th um navigation was pretty good for me today since i had plenty of tracks i was able to push really hard um there was a lot of dunes which i was not expecting because i never go to the riders meetings or the briefings and uh yeah i just show up every day knowing nothing about the race um it's been working out great um yeah super good day for me uh near the end there was some crazy valleys like you had to go from one valley to the next and uh if your calf heading was off you get crazy and there was just so many of them it was easy to make a mistake there was two times where i was really doubting myself and in the end it all worked out so i'm really grateful Uh, never actually ended up going the wrong direction. So super good day for me, made up some time that I lost yesterday and ended up finishing fifth. The riding is definitely getting a lot harder. The navigation is getting a lot harder and the days are feeling a lot longer. Um, there's a dune today. I almost didn't make it up pretty sketch. And my airbag went off again because I hit this dune, like just big double to flat it's kind of crazy to think that every time it goes off even if you didn't crash it hurts just as bad as if you crash because you just take all the impact um i think my airbag has gone off at least 10 times this rally and i haven't crashed once yet we'll see what happens tomorrow now that i said this but haven't crashed once uh i hit a bunch of trees got a bunch of sticks in my arm broke the handguard just like right off gone uh great day feeling good back in top 10 probably won't last but we're happy with it (laughs) i don't know what to be more entertained about in that phone call 
Yeah, he's very, very entertaining there. (laughs) So much, so much information. (laughs) Uh, Awesome. Thank you, Mason. Thanks, Mason. That made my morning. Um, Yeah, he's he's winging it every day. Yeah. He's not, he doesn't have a lot of pressure on him, does he? You know, you, 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 what, what he said about not going to the briefing and not knowing what's coming up, uh, that's, that's classic rookie Dakar because there's so much happening and you're just, you're overstimulated and you can't focus on getting to the writer's meeting. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. stuff. I'm sure. Yeah. the, The top guys, the guys on the factory team have someone that goes to the briefing for them. They come back, they brief the writers, they do the whole thing. Now, when you're on a on a kind of a customer team or a rental team like what, uh, and it's a good team that he's on, but yeah. they don't have that personal attention where you know they come back and they brief the riders for the riders meet from the riders briefing and mm. give all that. So yeah, he's going into the stage with basically no idea what's what's coming and yeah, you know just just kind of winging it and, and riding it and it's working out so far. Yeah, you, you can't you can't overthink it as a rookie. If you do, True. it'll it'll drive you nuts. It'll eat and you so up. So I think he, he's got the right approach. He's just riding what what's in front of him every day. Yeah, he's going taking it one day at a time, <laughs> and uh, blowing his airbag off quite, his quite airbag often. Off. So I think I think ten times is probably a little above average. That well, <laughs> that's ten times that. He basically crashed, but never came off the bike. So <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, you, you can see he's for sure probably riding on the edge and you know, it, I don't think that thing goes off unless you, uh, almost crash at least you almost crash or it thinks so, you're crashing. He's had well, a couple of close calls. Yeah. And, but he's avoided them and he's avoided yeah. these big time losses and he's, I don't know. Well, we know he's just riding great. Yep. He's, he's got a natural talent for this and he's put in the work to enhance that natural talent. And obviously it's working and he's getting tons of attention for it. Uh, well-deserved attention, yep. I would say. Like he said, he's sitting 10th overall. He's the top American in overall standings. These yeah, are he's massive. Just, just in front of uh, Andrew Short. Just so in front of Andrew Short. I think Short. him and Andrew have been kind of going back and forth day by day. In on this top uh, 10, yeah. On the leaderboard there. So. Yeah, Andrew's like 30 seconds behind him, so they're really close. Yep. Um, oh, no, he's a minute behind him. So, yeah, Andrew's sitting in 11th. 11th yep. in general classification. Yep. Uh, he's just in front of Nacho Cornejo, who's right. in 12th. Again, we're we're kind of uh, those those few guys that lost a bunch of time there. Andrew, Nacho, and Ricky, um, yep. and Luciano Benavides. They all kind of lost time on that first day. Uh, Ricky is in 13th, and he's just about 40 minutes off the lead. Yep, he's taken his hour down to 40 minutes over seven stages of racing. And... Um, we don't have seven more stages to go. So Ricky's no. going to have a really tough row ahead of him to get into that podium contention. Yeah, I mean, I think that his his job now is to kind of work for the team and, you know, make sure that the team is is up there if he can if he can help out, if he can get out front and navigate, open the state, open a stage for them or do something something like that. That's I think that's the best he can hope for and yep. maybe some guys in front of him drop out and he can he can get a decent finish, but I think at sure. this stage, with four stages left and forty minutes to make up, I unless something crazy happens, I don't, I don't see it happening. Unfortunately, yeah, we'll see tomorrow because Quintanilla is going to be heading out second out of the gate, and Ricky's going to be in fourth. Um, potential he could get up there and help Quintanilla get through that stage and not, you know, minimize some time loss to some people that are coming behind him. 
Yeah, I mean that's and all they can hope for. Parade of Van know. Beveren and Kevin Benavides are going to be, you know, for sure chasing him down. Honda has a legitimate shot at, at winning this rally again for the for the third year in a row. So I think yeah. Ricky's going to play an important role in in that strategy. Yes, very much so. Um, speaking of the upcoming stages, what do we have in place for stage nine of this race? Stage nine, it's a loop out of Wadi Adawasir. Nailed it. Yes, nice job. Your Saudi's really coming Google in. Translate is is working. This is the yeah third year I've been looking at this name and <laughs> this wondering what it is. But third year we've been butchering these cities' names. Wadi is Wadi is like a wash, like a sand wash. Yeah, like so a riverbed or something. Wadi. Wadi Ad Dawasir. So it's a loop. Um, It's not a short day. It's shorter than the last few, but we're talking still 500K of riding all day. Um, You know, 287 kilometers of time special. Yeah, and these are the ones that that when it's a loop and it's kind of short, these are the ones that usually have teeth. Yeah, and they got a lot of navigation and a lot of tricky stuff in them. So we've heard that from a couple of riders today that the uh, the trains changed. Uh, even Mason said it's getting harder out there because the trains getting rougher, rockier, and then they're mixing that with softer sand dunes here and there. Um, it's going to be an endurance ooh, test for sure. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think you know just running across that one random note where maybe, Hey, it screws up the top four or five guys and mm-hmm. really, you know, causes havoc in the rally again. I think there's potential to see that. I think there's potential to see a, a 20 minute time loss tomorrow for the, for the lead group. Yep. It's going to be really interesting to see what shakes out after tomorrow's stage. Um, I'm predicting somebody's going to have just one of those catastrophic days that takes them out of contention based on a navigation error. Okay. That's my prediction. It's very possible. I'm predicting everything that could possibly that can happen. happen. That can happen any any day, every day. Stop trying to take away my prediction, oh, Cloud. That's sorry, a real sorry. prediction. Okay. Not anybody can just get a microphone and start making these predictions, Quinn. That's true. Sam Sunderland's going to be leading the stage today. I'm not going to pick him for a stage win. No offense, Sam. No, I... Uh, <laughs> no offense. He's on damage control tomorrow. I would yeah. say the top three, top four, really kind of on, on damage control tomorrow. And, you know, anybody behind that is going to be looking to make up time. Yes. Who's going to make up the most time and win the stage? Man, I mean, based on previous experience and kind of what we've seen before, I would say that and I, I'm not saying this is my pick. I'm just saying that discussion John Beretta is, is kind of set up to to uncork it and really mm-hmm. make up a big chunk of time tomorrow and possibly get a stage win. Yep. But I, he's he's dealing with that broken collarbone. Um, and if it's really rough out there, that's got to be just really yeah, painful. A lot of even navigation. If he is toughing it out. If it's, if it's late in the race, you know, Beretta and kind of his, his track record as he starts to fade as the rally goes on. So... Um, that being said, I think that Kevin Benavides is going to need to make up a whole bunch of time tomorrow. And I think tomorrow is going to be the day that if he's going to win this race, this is, that's the day that he needs to go. Yeah. Kevin Benavides is on my radar mainly because I think he's healthy and I think he's, um, got the speed clearly and he's defending champ. And I think he's been playing it smart to get that time loss. 13th tomorrow. Yeah. And he's not going to. He doesn't have any more days to take it easy. He needs to gain maximum time tomorrow. If he does that right, he can be on the right swing of things and carry tomorrow's 
you know, big coup of time into the final of the yep. race. But another guy we got there is starting in 15th is Nacho Conejo. So yeah. we've seen him get a stage win. Definitely. There's potential there for sure. Yes, definitely. Um, Andrew Short in 12th. My guy's, um, guy's Benavides for yeah. tomorrow. I think Ricky's uh, going to be in fourth. I think he's going to be helping Quintini out tomorrow um, for sure. So Benavides uh, is a great pick. Um, I'm going to go home team. You know what that means? Andrew Short. All right. I want Andrew Short to get a stage win. Shorty needs it. He did, he's ready for a stage win this year. He is. He's ready. He's going to do it. He's going to take the attention off of Adrian Van Beveren, who's going to cruise around in like mm, top five tomorrow strategically yep. and see where the race takes him tomorrow. And then he's going to be able to make, he, he can delay that big decision one more day, in my opinion. And that's, that's powerful. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to have a choice in the matter, but <laughs> we'll see tomorrow. <laughs> we'll definitely. We'll definitely see, and uh, yeah, the race is kind of general classifications heating up. It's getting exciting. We're going to start seeing some strategies playing out. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm pumped, and I'm looking forward to well, not Friday, but Saturday. Yeah, when the race is over, <laughs> yeah, and you, and you I can get sleep to in. sleep in to at least till six a.m. Yeah, you you get Saturday off. Congratulations. Yep. Uh, thanks everybody for listening to the Climb Dakar Rally Daily Show. We got to thank Climb a ton for all their help this year. Uh, while they're shoveling snow up there in Idaho, they're still making awesome motorcycle gear for everybody around the world. And thank you for Rally Navigator for navigating rallies. Because without them, we wouldn't know what the heck we're talking about. That's right. We wouldn't know what a yeah. tulip is. A lot of these Americans wouldn't be uh, running up front either if it wasn't for Rally Navigator. So and Software rules the world. Thanks to those guys. Yeah, thanks to Double Take Mirror and Giant Loop for coming on board and helping us out this year. And thanks to everybody for listening, sharing. Follow us on Instagram, Dakar underscore rally underscore daily. You can find some updates. We're answering some questions on there. We're taking questions on there. If you got some, send them to us. That's it. I'm Jesse, and that's Quinn over there, and I'm just going to stop recording this thing. It's easy. Just hit one button. Boop. <laughs>